When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. you blimpers. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Wow. Hey, Art. Andy, uh, what a topic we have today. What a topic we have this week. Wow. Is it a good one? I don't know what it is. You don't know anything about this topic? I don't know anything about this topic. Well, maybe you've heard of a little place called Area 51, Andy. Mm, Not ringing any bells. Okay, well, good, because we're not discussing that today. Okay. But we're discussing it's like cousin. It's more secret. Some might even say more heinous cousin. Whoa. Like, you know how you have that cousin? I am that cousin. All my other cousins are the good ones. My other cousins are Area 51. I'm today's topic. (laughs) <laughs> you have your cousin Wright Pat, your cousin fucking the Denver International Airport, your cousin yeah. has Area 51, and your Dulce base. Yeah, my cousin, my cousin Area 51. Uh, what was the uh, the Bob Lazar? S4. S4, my Los cousin Alamos. S4. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you really are, Andy. And there's some fucked up crazy shit happening. Hey, they at call this me Dulce base. de Leche because I'm, I'm covered in Can milk. Can you not steal opening jokes from the script, please? <laughs> It's about time it happened to you. You're always doing that to me. <laughs> Stealing my jokes. I don't got many, okay? <laughs> we are. We're talking the Dulce base, Andy. Wow. This is a wild... Uh, if you like Area 51 in any... Dulce what? Dulce what? It's Dulce based. It's yeah, Dulce based, Dulce and, based. and alien pills, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Dulce based, this topic comes to us from, from a bunk bunker. Oh. Talk about uh, talk about something based. Yeah. A bunk funker. Uh and so so thank you. Shout out to Grandpa Dirt for 2069. Grandpa Dirt for 2069. Yep. Ow! Thank you for Ow! this topic. That is the suggestion. Uh, and thank you for it. And uh thank you, Grandpa Dirt for 2069. Because this is a wild one. Almost as wild as that suggester's name. Yeah. <laughs> um we got alien experimentation, genetic genetic experiments going on between aliens and human hybrids, a secret base, UFOs, 
um, cattle mutilations. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, you've got the bingo. You really do have a bingo of of wild alien topics. Yeah. So if that strikes your fancy bunk fuckers, of course, you can always look in the timestamp in the show notes, find it, take it when the research begins, or uh, pretty close. But uh, first, Andy and I got to talk about how we got captured this week into the bunker, which is, you know, similar to a secret underground base is the bunker. Yeah, it is a lot like the secret underground base. And the genetic experiments, I guess, are us. Oh, yeah. And we're being asked to make a hybrid. Uh, you know what, Andy, this week, I feel a little bit bad about this week. Do you? Well, I, I can't, should. I can't help but feel like it's I think all, a lot of mistakes were made. It's all my fault in a way, but really at a more basic level, it's all your fault. Um, I got a little obsessed. Yeah. As you know, bunk funkers, I am a, that's a little bit of part of my lore is I get a little hyper obsessed with things and then I'd usually move on from them. Mm hmm. Fortunately, this this time I really didn't. I got obsessed with buying Funko Pops. Yeah, I couldn't stop buying Funko Pops for all my favorite brands and things that I love. All the Marvels characters, right? All the Star Wars's characters. You had all the cereal mascots. Every cereal mascot under the sun. You want Boo Berry. You want Fruit Brute. You want uh, Bam Bam and Pebbles. Bam Bam Pebbles. All of them. Red Flintstone, Red Barney Rubble, Barney Rubble, Dino, Dino. I had the Jetsons. I had Yogi Bear. All the Hanna Barbera characters and critters. I had all the Looney Tuneses. <laughs> um, and video game characters. I had every single Final Fantasy character that has ever existed. Sephiroth, Cloud, others that I can name, Titus, and and others I, that I can name at any time. I just don't feel like it. I had all the Pokemon's. Yeah. All of them from every generation. All, uh, I think the count is up to what? That's like 485,000 Pokemon now? Yep. You had all of them. So I was spending a lot. Super Mario. All the Super Mario critters and characters. I had Goombas. Luigi. Luigi. You had the rarely seen mother and father of Mario and Luigi. I had Dr. Mario. Um, the mother and father. What do they look like? Pediatrician Mario. Veterinarian Mario, ear, nose, and throat Mario, thoracic surgeon Mario. <laughs> Boy, it's crazy they made some of those games, huh? I know those are some wild games. Um, but you got really carried away with these Funko Pops art. Yeah, I yeah. strawberry shortcake Funko Pop. Yeah, but it got so bad. Yeah, it got really bad. Art people were getting worried about me and my finances. Yeah, art art was spending. Uh, 200% of his monthly income on Funko Pops. And a lot of the, the the business income from the bunker. Basically, if you paid Patreon yeah. dues to this... Uh-huh. Dues. Like dues. Tithes. Tithes. <laughs> Patreon tithes to this podcast over the last year, it's all gone to Art's Funko Pop addiction. Um, So, some people who care about Art, me, which there are a few, there are not that many, but some people do care about art. Approach to the courts about setting up a conservatorship for mm-hmm. art. Basically, yeah. taking art's mm. uh, decision-making abilities away wow. and placing them in the hands of someone else. And there was really nobody better suited for a task like that than me. Yeah. And the court agreed. 
that I should be arts conservator. On paper, it made sense. On paper, it made sense because you're a pretty frugal fella. Yeah. Um, I've been wearing the same pair of underwear for 16 years every day. I do not wash them because that will break them down. And so you got to spend money. Right. I just spray cologne on the backside and the under part and on the front. And then if it's good as new, it gets the job done. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of a, sort of like a dry shampoo for your undies. <laughs> if you just spray cologne on them, then nobody knows. Sure. Um, I've had, I own one shirt mm-hmm. and I try not to wear it very often. That way I don't have to run the risk of snagging it or spilling something on it. Right. You're a thrifty guy. Yeah. I'm a thrifty guy. I don't wear shoes. Um, my feet are mangled, calloused. More fungus than toe. So it made sense that I would be a good conservator for art. Yeah. Because I'm good at taking care of people's money. Sure. So the court agreed. The court appointed me arts conservator. And, you know, I I went in there. Call me John Tapper. Because I went in there and busted open the books. And I started shouting at art as loud as I could about how shitty he runs his bar. And then I forgot it wasn't an episode of Bar Rescue. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, you really went in John Tapper style. Yeah, much like John Tapper, I don't pay my staff a living wage either. People don't matter to me; they're right. scum. Only bars, only bars. So, oh, my favorite website, onlybars.com. <laughs> so I became arts conservator, and I busted open these books, and I started yeah. looking at stuff. I'm like, this is not good. Yeah, art has a lot of income. Yeah, and I was spending. Way more than I could afford for, and a lot of the bunker income on yeah. Funko Pops. I was just so yeah. into Funko Pops, man. Yeah. So I made the tough Can't decision stop. to stop buying Funko Pops, which again was 200% of Art's monthly income. Mm-hmm. So after we stopped buying Funko Pops, um, I just want to point out, I didn't make Art sell any Funko Pops, but I did set up a schedule where Art could get one Funko Pop a week if he does all his chores. <laughs> Taking out the trash, you know, you know, making sure, like, cleaning out the sink. and uh, Helping me shower. Helping you shower. I can't reach all the spots on my body. Right. And, yeah. Um, helping me put my hair in a towel when mm-hmm. I get out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, brushing my teeth. Holding your socks for you and color coordinating. Holding them. my socks, so two socks, fool. The two socks that I own, right? Two singular. The chores weren't that bad, I guess. It, yeah. it, I mean, it wasn't that bad of a deal, I guess, in retrospect. But it did lead to a bit of uh, resistance, right? There was a bit of there was a bit of friction between us, and I think it's mainly because Art didn't like being told what to do. Yeah, I don't like being told. What to do. Started to resent me as mm-hmm. being sort of a authority figure right in his life well you know eventually i realized hey without all these funko pops art's got art's making a lot of money right so i started to think like what are some good things that i could do for art and i thought you know what would make art happy is if i'm happy because art's always saying to me your happiness is the most important thing to me. I don't ever recall. I myself. remember that's happening a few yeah, times. I don't ever really recall yeah, myself I'm, ever saying that. I don't know. I seem to remember it. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it's not on audio or video recording. So we can't either prove or refute it. So. You do have a crumpled used napkin, mind you, where you. That's my napkin. 
where you said that I scribbled a message where I I did say that your happiness is my happiness signed art. Yeah, but it doesn't look like my signature. Yeah, and the well, signature is smudged with greasy stains. Yeah, because afterwards I ate wings and then I got wings wing grease and sauce all <laughs> yeah. over the napkin. Yeah, so. We can't, we can't prove it tonight, but I, yeah, art, okay. I knew I knew yeah. in my heart of hearts that the one thing that would make Art happy is if I was happy. Uh-huh. And I said, what would make me happy? And I knew the answer to that. And that was being able to have uh, like a, a continual supply of, of Diet Dr. Pepper delivered right to my door on a daily basis. So I contracted with a Dr. Pepper bottler. <laughs> I pretended to be a convenience store. <laughs> So that they would deliver them. Yeah. You could get like wholesale pricing. Yeah. And I used Art's money to buy a cooler for it. Yeah. Uh, and then I used his money to 3D print like some sort of one of those like hats mm-hmm. with uh, tubes in them that right. you could drink out of. You did buy a jacuzzi at one point. And filled it with Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. and got into it. And that felt very nice. Sloshed um, around in it. Yeah. I was very naked in that Dr. Pepper and then did drink it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was exposed to the elements. But I did drink it all. Uh, and it was heated past boiling <laughs> for a while. You ended up on the scalding setting. Right. I like to be really hot in the hot tub. Yeah. Look, I was beavers. paying your gas bill, your water bill, yep. all these bills towards your Diet Dr. Pepper. Right. Love. Yeah. So it was obvious that I was very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was literally swimming in success. And I was destitute. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of forget to pay Art's electric bill and right. pay his water bill. And stuff, and but I, I was no pretty preoccupied with my hot tub. I had no money for food. I said, well, can I have some of the Diet Dr. Pepper? You said no. Look, I've got to look out for your well-being. That's not healthy. So this did lead to a bit of a movement. Yeah. And I'm not just talking one in my bowels for once. <laughs> So it starts trending on Twitter. It starts yeah. trending on Instagram. Right. Hashtag free art. Right. The free art movement. And there were all these, all these fucking memes going around of me standing on a little stone bridge and Art's huge body crushing me like free Willy. Art f- jumping over me. His huge body. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all these really cool Breaking Bad memes where it was like, you know, it would be like my face, but then like the Saul Goodman style kind of like edit with that, that fucking like Western music. And it was like hashtag free art. And there was one people, ah, Jesse, Jesse, we got to go free art. (laughs) Yo, Mr. White, Andy's taking all art's money and buying Dr. Dr. Pepper. Neither one of these guys can handle their own finances. Neither one of these guys can have the responsibility to manage anything. Jesse, we have to go free art. <laughs> there were a lot of good memes, a lot okay? Of really good memes. I won't lie, there were a lot of good memes. I did enjoy the memes, but I didn't enjoy the movement. You know what? I think that the whole You were taking advantage of me. The underpinning of the movement implies that I'm somehow unfit to be your court ordered conservator. It's just not true. You have as many problems with restraint as I do. I mean, I am like Eugene Landy and you're like Brian Wilson. You're making the best podcasts of your career. And sure, maybe I'm not the perfect person, but who is? You don't even understand these I references. I wish I got that reference. You don't even understand it. All you beachers out there will get you it. Beachers. 
Uh, so this, I mean, this hashtag free art movement is getting pretty hot, pretty, pretty heavy. Um, yeah. So luckily we, I found a lifeline, yeah. a way to solve all our problems. Right. Somebody contacted me mm-hmm. about possibly selling Art's Funko Pop collection. Now, keep in mind, Art has a Funko Pop collection that's some 800,000 Funko Pops yeah. large. Yeah. Uh, it's an entire wing of his mansion. Right. And this seller was very interested in some pieces from Art's collection. And I thought it was worthwhile meeting with this person in order to assess maybe we could make a lot of money off of these Funko Pops. So we agree to have the uh, the the this buyer, mm-hmm. Mr. Funker is his name, <clears throat> come to Art's mansion and look at Art's Funko Pop collection. He wanted to see for himself. Now, these Funko Pops, they're pristine condition. Yeah, they're good condition. There are only a few of them that Art put into a cum jar. But well, you know, most of them. A stasis jar. Right. Funko Pop collectors know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was Groot, I will say. It was Groot from the Marvel movies. Different variations of Groot. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's fine. It's just stasis. It's just it's stasis. It just helps, helps preserve the sheen of the resin on the Funko Pop. But most of them were in pristine condition. Uh, yeah. very still in the box, unopened, mm-hmm. very beautiful Funko Pops. I mean, that's the point of a Funko Pop is to buy it and then let it sit in a box forever. Yeah, and never do anything. Never with it. do anything with it. It's a, com- I mean, which is a completely useful thing to have. That's in, how you collect. In the world. Yeah. So, Mister Funker came over to Art's mansion. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the stone dome, as Art calls it, because right. of the rotunda. There's a rotunda. Um, and Mister Funker starts looking at these at these Funko Pops. And I think he's getting pretty interested, right? I'm feeling pretty good about my chances. A lot of this is, is really, you know, I don't really have a lot of knowledge that this is happening. Yeah. Because I am stroking the flames of the free art movement. Right. Art, art was online stroking it while I was in here trying to make him some money from his Funko Pop collection. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Art's over there stroking it online. Right. And I'm, I'm meeting with Mr. Funker. And Mr. Funker's starting to get a little bit difficult, though. Yeah. You know? He pulls up a Pokemon. He's got a Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, and this guy was a weird dude. Was right? he? Like, he was a weird dude. Yeah. Like, he's very old. He looks very old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got really white hair. He's got beefy uh, arms or skinny arms? Really beefy arms. Oh, really? Um, and no sleeves on his shirt to be found. Um, And he was weird. It's weird. It's like something out of a wrestling like a WWE type of situation. Oh, really? Because he had like a three-piece suit, uh, but no sleeves <laughs> at all. Yeah. And the pants had been like Very, cut with scissors into yeah. shorts, but right. they were really short shorts. Uh-huh. And you could definitely see his junk dribbling out of both sides of the legs. Wow. So he's he's got these beefy arms. He's chain smoking, constantly smoking cigarettes. He's got oh this God. long cigarette holder, um, but it's like one of these where... There's a long, a long thin part, and then it goes. It sort of looks like a menorah at the end, and then he's smoking like six cigarettes at a time. And he's eating a cheeseburger the whole time. He like got grease on a lot of the boxes. What? Sorry, he got grease on some of the boxes. Oh my god, it's gonna ruin them. It's gonna ruin the collection. So I'm getting, I'm getting a little steamed now, Fuck. right? I'm starting to get steamed, and I'm like, hey, Funker. Listen here, you funker. I'm like, listen up, you funker. 
you motherfunker. Better watch yourself. Motherfunker. I'm the conservative. You're in the wrong here. neighborhood, motherfunker. These are my Funko Pops. And he starts getting really agitated and he's starting to get real belligerent and he's like, I don't want to deal with you anymore. You piece of shit. You wow. like a piece of shit. I can't believe he would say language like that. And he goes, I want to talk to the I want to talk to the owner of these myself. Where's art? Yeah. And I'm like, art is mentally incapable of doing anything. He's a dumb, dumb idiot, and he needs me to handle his business. <laughs> so this guy should start shoving. You said as your drinking diet, Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I was drinking it from I had the hat on the whole time. <laughs> and I also had a separate diet, Dr. Pepper, and a can on the right. side just in case. So this guy starts pushing me. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, show me where I did. And so I'm finally, I'm like, yeah, okay, like, just take it easy, fella. Take it easy, Funker. You can talk to Art. But I get the final call on any decision. So we go into the, we go into the lab, the computer lab. Where Art is stroking it, the fire fires online, and there's Art sitting there, stroking I'm it. I'm fucking cross posting memes all over the place. I'm checking memes. I'm fucking posting memes all over the place and making TikTok memes. Yeah, and Mister Funker like starts shouting, "I want to murder Funko Pops." Yeah, and I said, "You can't have him, Funker." Mm-hmm. I'm sick of your. BS, mister. You get out of here. Get out of the yeah, stone you were, dome. You were very serious. So It was a scary sight. So this guy, he, he gets like enraged. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's like hulking up on this. And he starts really eating this cheeseburger fast. And... Yeah. <laughs> puffing on that menorah cigarette. <laughs> eating a cigarette. Immediately the cheeseburger had smoking six cigarettes right. at once. So... He then he like pulls out this uh he pulls out this like folded cardboard thing from his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And it's like a Funko Pop box, but it's giant. It's huge. And then he pulls this like it looks like a caught gun out of his other back pocket and he like squirts me in this goop. Yeah, this weird this, goop. Like, clear goop. Real weird goop. But it freezes my body. I can't move it hard. Right. It's really fast. Yeah. And your eyes got so big and wide and your right. head turned perfectly spherical, but flat yeah. on the front. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He turned me into a Funko Pop. He turned you into a fucking Funko Pop. And then he just drops me in this box. Yeah. He puts plastic ties all over my body. Yeah. And then he seals it up. And then he did the same thing to you. Did we learn a lesson? And then we woke up no. in the bunker. Turns out Mr. Funker was Mr. Bunker. Who would have guessed? That Funker was Bunker. Funker, Funker was bunk- is Bunker. This is a very this is a very Ace Ventura situation. Funker is Bunker. <laughs> you know, I think we learned a lesson, and that is that you and I need to have more checks and balances in our lives to keep each other in check. Yeah. I could have been your court-appointed conservator as long as I had a court-appointed conservator for myself. Yeah. We need a chain custody of court-appointed conservators. Right. Because neither of us have any self-control. No. When it comes to things that we like. Or self-awareness. Or self-awareness. Or self-restraint. Or self-respect. Or anything to do with the self besides vanity. Right. So, I think that's the lesson we learned, Bunk Funkers, in the future... 
you know, will we make the same mistakes? Probably. Yeah. I can't promise that we won't. We can't change immediately. Yeah. And you know what? We get tired from cha- trying to change. Right. It's hard to change yourself. Feels like all the time people are asking us to change things right. about ourselves. Right. And it's like, well, one thing at a time. Yeah. So, you know, I'm focusing a lot of different, like, for example, um, some people have said that I'm a bit bow-legged, so I'm trying to change that first. Yeah. So that's something I'm really trying to focus on. I think it's very important. I'm relearning potty training. A brick fell on my head and I forgot. I'm relearning it. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's iterations that we have to build upon before we can get to this whole, like, stop your personality. It's too much. You guys are obnoxious. You don't listen. You're, you know, all this kind of stuff. We got to take baby steps. Baby steps. You got to crawl before you can walk. Mainly because my pants are around my ankles. You can take full steps when you're like that. Oh, well, yeah, you're trying to learn how to potty train. You're spending right. a lot of time on the toilet. The, yeah. A lot of time with your pants around your ankles. Right. The best thing to do when you're trying to learn how to use the potty is just be ready to go at the moment's notice so you don't have to fiddle with your pants. You know, the craziest thing is I don't even fucking like Funko Pops. Wow. It's fucking stupid. Wow. I'm onto something new. Yeah. What are you doing now? Life-sized figurines. Wow. Yeah. Of like, what? Wax. <laughs> Wax figurines. You're getting all the stuff that Madame Tussauds is throwing out? Yep. I've been hanging out in Madame Tussauds dumpster. Yeah. Hanging out, calling up Madame Tussauds. Spanning, let me speak to Tussauds. Bonjour. Bonjour. I want to buy that Brad Pitt. Give me that old Brad Pitt. It's anatomically correct, ain't it? <laughs> We're replacing all the young Brad Pitts. I got a I got a Brad Pitt Troy. I got a Brad Pitt Fight Club. I wanna get I wanna get that sort of World War Z Brad Pitt. Yeah. I don't need old Brad Pitt. Now we gotta get we're getting old Brad Pitt, like bullet trained Brad Pitt. I don't need but World War Z Brad Pitt? I'll take a World War Z Brad Pitt. They do also, if you can find this Fury Brad Pitt. That's a tough one to find with that undercut. That's a tough one to find. I haven't been able to find that one yet. So if any bunkfuckers out there know of a full-size, life-sized wax figurine of Fury Brad Pitt, let me know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. I've been using the bunker email, by the way, for personal business. Oh, boy. <laughs> so let me know, bunkfuckers. Wax figurines are where it's at. And if anybody's interested in buying a collection of 850,000 Funko Pops, a couple of them are drenched in cum. I don't remember which ones. Okay, I do. It's Groot. Groot. A couple of my Gumbies. Groot and baby Groot. It's all the Groots and all the Gumbies. Okay? But I don't know where they are. There's a lot in there. And I just got a whole room. They're just all in a pile. Yeah. I never not, really organized anything. They're not displayed anywhere. No. I never managed to keep a database. So let me know, bunkfuckers. Here's the thing, Andy. I might have a a secret base sized room full of Funko Pops. Yeah. That I might be trying to convert into full size wax figurines of celebrities. Right. Right. <laughs> Repeatedly coming on them. Until it builds up no so comment. much that it becomes life size. No comment. You don't understand the hobby, so shut the fuck up. Go back to your fucking soda pop. Okay, you don't understand the hobby. Mm. But Bugfuckers, we have to get to an even crazier life size. This one's seven layers deep, Andy. Whoa. I don't have that. 
Wow, seven layers deep. Seven layers deep. So that's what? Dulce Sour cream, tomatoes, <laughs> black olives, yeah. shredded cheese. Guac. Guac. A refried you beans. Say refried beans, yeah. Refried beans. Refried beans. <laughs> refried beans. <laughs> I like refried beans. Give me uh, some refried beans. Of, uh, of a topic, this is Dulce Base here on Mr. Bucker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Dulce Base Grandpa Dirt 4269. Andy Boy, they might as well call today's topic the Dulce DeBasey. Dulce, Dolce de Basie. Because it is one sweet, sweet topic. <laughs> hey, Art, I couldn't have noticed that you're dressed to the nines, baby. <laughs> dressed to the nines, baby. Aliens, secret government bases. Listen up, Andy. A battle between humans and extraterrestrials. That's right. All right under our noses. Oh, just the stuff that we want. But. Sweet as it may be on the outside, today's topic might be one of the most sinister and vile topics at its core. Human-alien genetic experimentation, government cover-ups, and a secret military base? Ooh-wee. Oh, Ooh-wee. my. goo 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 Much like myself, it's sweet on the outside, but rotten to the core. Yeah. Oof. Let's kick it off, though, by learning a little bit more about the town where this base is located, Dulce... New Mexico. Dulce is a very small... You ever been around? To Dulce? Yeah. No. Okay. I've never been to New Mexico. Wow. But I do like New Mexico's potentially most famous export. Green chilies. Green chilies. Hatch green chilies. Green chilies. Oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. On a green chili burger? Come on. Anywhere. It's a very small, very quiet town. In the 2010 census, it had a population of only 2,743 people. Small. Very small. Made of almost entirely of Native Americans, over 90%. It is the largest community and tribal headquarters of the uh, Jicarilla Apache Reservation. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, it's predominantly Native American. And um, it's just a quiet little town where I think they don't even have a streetlight. It's like a stop sign. Yeah. Town, you know, there's a motel and a gas station. But for decades, the San Luis Valley, where Dulce is, uh, Dulce is located has been a hotbed for UFO activity and other strange phenomenon. Lights in the sky, strange aircraft flying around, cattle mutilations, you name it, Andy. People have seen it and have stories about it. Whoa. Looming over the tiny town is the Archuleta Mesa, a majestic and scenic mountain range that spans uh, that adds to the mystique of this fair topic. It is roughly 9,263 feet in elevation, rising over the village, by more than 2,600 feet. The Mesa serves as the focal point for today's topic. Decades of stories of UFOs, black helicopter sightings, as well as curious and strange activity around the town of Dulce on the Archuleta Mesa can be told by virtually every resident, old and young alike. It is here where this alleged secret military base and all of its strange activity resides. Now, Let's dive into some early rumors of strange activity to really set the mood. <laughs> Pay no attention to the sensual Yankee candles I've lit around the bunker, Set Andy. the mood. 
I've turned the lights out in the bunker and I've set up some Yankee candles. One morning in 1969, nice, a busload of, of Dulce children were on their way to school at around 6.30 a.m. Ski. All seemed normal on the bus. Wheels yeah. on the bus go round and round until the children began to go into a frenzy. Okay, maybe that's not so weird for a school bus of children. Yeah, that seems pretty normal. One of the kids, though, yelled out, It's a flying saucer! Probably some Cheeto-fingered snotty brat named Andy. I don't know, just a guess. <laughs> it's a flying saucer! <laughs> Teacher! They, some some snot-nosed brat named Andy. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think his name was? Probably Andy. Yeah, probably Andy. <laughs> Onward the, on board the bus was a local and now well-known New Mexico Native American artist, Darren Vigil Gray. And he recalls seeing a metallic colored disc about 50 feet in the air above the school bus. The bus driver didn't hesitate, though. He stepped on the gas. Step on the gas. <laughs> oh, my God. And for about several miles down the road. Yeah, the that doesn't was- seem like a great idea. <laughs> really? The bus driver. <laughs> oh my god, a flying saucer. Oh shit. Floor it. <laughs> like you're supposed to be taking care of the children. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, oh flying saucer. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna crash this bus. <laughs> he immediately veers off the side of a cliff. <laughs> Over the fucking guardrail, just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the week before, somebody was like, Johnny puked, and he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> this guy is not cut out to be a bus driver. A bus driver. <laughs> well, I feel like one of the quali- qualifications of a bus driver is like, you need to be able to like cut through the noise of children. Yeah. This guy just takes it way too seriously. Everything they say, they're playing a game. He's like, oh, fuck, Florence. There's a monster in the back. (laughs) He steps on the gas. And for about several miles down the road, the disc followed in pursuit. Gray claims he saw the disc emerge from the Archuleta Mesa. Wasn't long after this UFO sighting that the cattle mutilations began. In fact, Cattle mutilations were so prevalent in this area and the surrounding areas in April of 1979, former Apollo moon astronaut and then U.S. Senator Harrison Schmidt organized and convened a conference on the subject in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with ranchers, cattle associations, researchers, law enforcement, and others in attendance. The buzz on the matter, huh? the buzz Aldrin on the matter. Uh, became so heightened that the U.S. Justice Department was called in to investigate that same year, but few conclusions were reached. And one investigator from Colorado remarked that, quote, the only sense of the mutilations is that they make no sense at all. That investigator, Andy Hart. (laughs) Wait, is that real? No. Oh. (laughs) Just like stating the obvious. Yeah. She's like, comes to no conclusion, but says, well... I think my, the one thing we can't conclude. My job here is done. Yeah, is that, Time to get back to driving my school bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. For <laughs> it. A fly. Yikes. In <laughs> 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 the first sign of any trouble, the bus driver's first instinct is for it. 
<laughs> There's a car behind the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Johnny forgot his homework. <laughs> Just fucking U turns it. <laughs> Fucking floor is it? (laughs) Bigfoot! (laughs) You're on the nitro. (laughs) It's the fucking NOS. Got NOS on the bus. God. Listen, Bill, uh, I mean, you get the kids here in record time, but I gotta say, like, you really got to tone it down. We don't have seatbelts on that bus. You invested a lot of your own money into fixing up this bus. and We appreciate frankly, that. Frankly, all the modifications are not street legal for a school bus. Oh, my God. So these cattle mutilations, they were no joke. Yeah. And they are the catalyst, or should I say the catalyst, in the Dulce-based story. All right. So this all fucking layers on top of itself, much like a seven-layer dip. Right. 1976, cattle were found mutilated at the Gomez Ranch. Got so bad that the Gomez's estimated they lost $100,000 in cattle over an eight-year period. Wow. it's a lot. Yeah. But the cattle were brutalized in a similar manner to the mutilations we described at Skinwalker Ranch. They had organs missing. Various parts of the cows were taken. Sexual organs were taken. Then New Mexico State Trooper Gabriel Valdez began investigating and reporting on these mutilations, and it sparked an interest for him. And why wouldn't it? I mean, if you heard a bunch of cow cocks and cow pussies went missing, wouldn't you be like, I got to get to the bottom of this? Yeah. I would have floored my bus and gone straight <laughs> to that ranch. Yeah. Well, did you, hey, Bill, did you hear? They, they found another cow with its pussy missing. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> Kids are screaming, <laughs> He's like popping wheelies on the bus. Yeah. Point is, if you're if if you're silent on this fucking issue of cow mutilations and their fucking their penises and their pussies going missing, it speaks volumes. Right. That's what I have to say about yeah. cow mutilations. Says, don't be silent. Don't be silent. This is an important issue. You're mutilating those cattle with your silence. Yeah, that's true. So upon uh, Valdez's retirement in the 90s, he joins what other than the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS. Oh, yeah. As a field investigator. NIDS, of course, was the research group founded by uh, billionaire Robert Bigelow to investigate various UFO and strange phenomenon covered extensively, again, in our episodes on Skinwalker Ranch. One of the cases that Valdez was involved with as a NIDS investigator uh, was to do with one calf and two cows at the Trace Ritos Ranch north of Cesta, New Mexico, in Taos County, east of Dulce, in 1999. Tom Reed was the ranch manager and said that he found the deaths quite unusual. Reed was quoted as saying the following, quote, I would lean more to the government or cults or something like that. If the government isn't involved, I think they're covering it up, end quote. That's what he thought about these cattle mutilations. It was noted, as in the case of many cattle mutilations, that there were no tracks from any assailants or that the cow was struggling. You know, there's a very strange absence of blood. We saw this with Skinwalker Ranch, right? Right. Valdez said he saw 
flipped cow patties around the third dead cow, but didn't know if it was from the turbulence of an alien spaceship or something, something it had conjectured, you know, like some kind of other weird thing, right? They were like turned upside down? Right. Just something mm. strange. It was like, this is weird. Yeah. While looking into investigations such as these, Valdez could find strange evidence and unexplainable evidence, honestly. Like, for example, with the Gomez case, what they did when they were looking into it is they penned up about 120 of the Gomez's beef cattle and moved them through a squeeze chute under ultraviolet light. They found, quote, a glittery substance on the right side of the neck, the right ear, and the right leg, end quote. Samples of the affected hides were removed, as well as control samples from the same animals. So they're finding weird evidence all over the place with these cattle mutilations. Yeah. But who or what were harvesting these cow organs and mutilating their bodies? Well, obviously, the theory that emerged from UFO circles was that extraterrestrials were harvesting these organs to assist with their genetic experiments. Of course. Sure. In this case, it was the greys. Again, layers, we covered this in our episode on the Greys, but it's directly related to the theory that the Greys and the U.S. government formed a pact, allowing the aliens to abduct humans and mutilate the organs of cattle for the purpose of genetic experimentation towards their goal of creating a new race of aliens or android worker races, right? The Greys famously can't, like the theory is that they can't repopulate themselves. So they're sitting here and they're like, they go from planet to planet trying to find living species to help them repopulate. Right. Right? That was the whole theory. Right. Some say this collusion was started in April of 1964. It was this time at Holloman Air Force Base near Alamogordo, New Mexico. Aliens met with intelligence officers. You know, they 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 met and it's sort of like, hey, okay. The government's sort of saying like, okay, you can like, you know, meet and abduct only specific amount of people from this specific area and we're going to monitor it and we're going to help you in exchange for technology, of course. Right. And as long as the details of the people abducting were given and everybody could follow on it, you know, either way, the aliens were in New Mexico and they weren't here to shop for turquoise jewelry or cosplay Breaking Bad. Jesse, Jesse, we got to steal some cow pussies. But Mr. White, what do we got? We got to do? Jesse, we got to cook some human hybrid babies. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> All right, Walter, it's me, Mike. Put down the human hybrid cow fetus baby. I won't put him down. I'm the one who cooks. I don't get any of these references. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. You've never seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, cattle you don't get any of the memes? I see, I see some of the memes, but I don't, I don't understand the context of it. Wow. But I get the meme, what the meme is trying to say. So... I've never seen Breaking Bad. Wow. You heard it here first, phone phone phone. You heard it here first. Anyway, okay. So, what do we have at the end of the day? We have a connection between cattle mutilations and an alleged gray alien government experimentation pact. That's what really got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Or the the fucking the bus fucking <laughs> careening down really, the hill. Really got the bus revving. Yeah. <laughs> and Valdez kind of strengthened this, right? He's investigating it. But it's still you know, it's just amongst UFO circles, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Valdez also claims to have seen highly advanced aircraft near Dulce and even the undead fetus of a human-monkey-frog hybrid. Which, you know, fair enough. 
Even the uh, even the undead fetus of a thunder cougar fucking bird. <laughs> but it wasn't until Paul Benowitz got involved that the Dulce-based theory really got its legs. In fact, some might say that Benowitz genetically experimented on the Dulce stories and grafted <laughs> legs onto it, turning it into a hybrid secret-based story hybrid monkey frog baby human alien fetus baby. Some might say that. Hybrid monkey frog baby fetus baby. <laughs> Apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> Apply directly to the cow pussy. <laughs> now, Benowitz is a pretty interesting fellow. <clears throat> he was a physicist and Albuquerque businessman and believed he had intercepted electronic signals, which he believed were emanating from deep below the ground within the Archuleta Mesa. It was in 1982 that he first positioned the idea of a secret base underground near Dulce, and the theory was born. He expanded on it further in 1988 with a paper titled Project Beta. Well, let's backtrack a bit wow. here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Surprising we weren't the subject of that paper. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would have gotten he probably would have gotten further with it if he would have called yeah. it Project Sigma. Right. Two very high test Sigma males like ourselves. Right. You know. The title of the paper would have been a lot more popular. One of that government base right. uh exposing grind set. Giga chance. <laughs> Let's backtrack a bit here and learn a little bit more about Mr. Benowitz. Benowitz was investigating classified government programs at Kirkland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico during the 70s. Paul actually cut his uh, education just shy of receiving his PhD in physics in favor of starting Thunder Scientific Corporation of Albuquerque, a company that manufactured high-altitude testing equipment largely for use at the Kirkland base and still sells such sophisticated equipment to arms manufacturers and the military. Benowitz had first come to prominence during the August 1980 sightings of UFOs over the Manzano weapons storage area at the Kirkland Air Force Base. But, so, he's very interested in UFOs. He's very interested in all this stuff. He, you know, obviously has that thing similar to our friend uh, Bob Lazar, where it's like he's connected, maybe even probably... I would say more, more highly regarded or whatever than Bob Lazar. He like actually almost got a PhD in physics, started a corporation that builds actual fucking equipment for high altitude testing that he sells to the military. Um, yeah, he's, so he's like very, he's very familiar with all this stuff and he's very into it. Yeah. He's like that one guy that um, we talked about in, in another episode that I can't remember now where he lived across the street from a, from like a U.S. government base, and the government started fucking with him because they knew he was, he like sold this. He was like basically manufacturing, I think, electronics or radio equipment, and he had sold it before stuff before to the government. He had a government contracts, and <clears throat> he lived across the street from this base. So the government like broke into his house several times, and the fuck, I don't remember this. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name though. Or which uh, topic it was that this was covered under. Bunkfuckers, if you remember, <laughs> let us know. What a horrible thing for me to forget. It's an important piece of information. But reminds me of that guy. That's what I'm trying to say. You better fucking step on the gas and fucking take the school bus back to yeah. that topic. Yeah, get the school bus back on topic here. Paul then learns the story of Myrna Hansen. Myrna Hansen was a 27-year-old bank teller who was hypnotized by University of Wyoming uh, psychologist R. Leo Sprinkle. Which is, I don't know, funny. 
Funny name. Leo Sprinkle. R. Leo Sprinkle. Oh, Leo Sprinkle. And spilled a... Yeah, she had a detailed account of being abducted by aliens and taken to an underground base she believed was in the mountainous... Was in a mountainous area, right? Ms. Yeah. Hansen was driving with her son in northeastern New Mexico near the town of Cimarron late at night in May of 1980 when they saw two very large objects silently hovering over a mountain meadow. One of them being tremendously large and round and the other triangular and somewhat smaller. Under hypnosis, she said that she that she saw a struggling cow being taken up into one of the craft's underside in some sort of quote-unquote tractor beam. At this time, she recounted somehow being taken onto one of the ships and then into an underground facility where she saw many liquid-filled vats containing portions of cattle and human remains. Arriving home hours later than what she should have, Myrna and her son were, she said, tired, confused, and uncertain about what they had seen or what had taken place. So Paul learns about her abduction story. He also learns about the abduction story of Krista Tilton. Krista Tilton was an Oklahoma resident and claims she had an experience of missing time in July of 1987 when she had been abducted by two small gray aliens and transported into their craft to a hillside location where she encountered a man dressed in a red military-type jumpsuit. She was then taken into a tunnel through computerized checkpoints displaying security cameras. She reports having been taken on a transit vehicle to another area where she stepped on a scale-like device facing a computer screen. After the computer issued her an identification card, she was told by her guide that they had just entered level one of a seven-level underground facility. Krista goes on relating how she was eventually taken down to level five, where she reports having seen an alien craft and little gray alien entities in some of the areas that she passed through. In one large room where she saw computerized gauges hooked to a large tanks and large arms that extended from some tubing into the tanks, she noticed a humming sound, smelled formaldehyde, and had the impression that a liquid was being stirred in the tanks. She was not shown the contents of these tanks. Krista has made drawings of much of what she claims to have been witnessed during her abduction. So, Paul then puts two and two together. The theories that the mutilations, the UFOs, secret base within a mountain, it's all here in Dulce. This is the beginning of the Dulce base. Hey. You found it? I found it. Reveal what it is, Andy. It was in our Men in Black episode. Wow. And we were talking about uh, the the movie Mirage Men. Oh. Or the documentary Mirage Men. Talking about the um, the government's Office of Special Investigations, the OSI, and how somebody who supposedly worked for the OSI, Richard Doty, claimed that the OSI successfully fed disinformation to Paul Benowitz. Wow, it was him. Yeah, a World War II veteran, an electronics businessman who was living near New in New Mexico near Kirtland Air Force Base. This was the exact situation that I was thinking of. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. In Paul a Benowitz. Yeah. Okay. We were on the same page, surprisingly. So, 
Now, Paul Benowitz allegedly had also had a bunch of what he believed were evidence of real UFOs around Dulce and the secret base where they were housed. Uh, Benowitz also allegedly had UFO photos that were deemed genuine as cited in an Air Force memorandum released through the Freedom of Information Act, even though uh, later research organizations regarded him as a deluded paranoid due to his talk of like capturing electromagnetic transmissions of alien sources. Uh, Benowitz thought that aliens were manipulating people, including military personnel, through electromagnetic mind control technology that is known to include, but is not limited to, memory erasure, the placement of screen and false memories, as well as subconscious manipulation. His major piece of evidence for this was the fact that he did produce several electronic recording tapes from intercepted transmissions coming from the Manzano Coyote Canyon area. From this, he believed that the aliens were transmitting to tiny mind control devices, such as those that Myrna Hansen purported had been implanted in her and her son. Benowitz explicitly claimed that he, quote-unquote, interrogated the alien collective via a computer radio link with the alien computer terminal by tapping into their ship-to-base communications frequency using a hexadecimal mathematical code to break their encryption. Uh, so that's all detailed in the Project Beta report. He spent like two years tracking an alien craft and then had like constant reception of a video feed from the alien ship that he says he got from hacking one of their computers using that hexadecimal code. And he could like print out graphics and shit from it and locate the uh, alien ship's launch ports and beam weapons. So Paul literally had like a one-to-one connection. He was basically on a fucking Zoom call with these aliens. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to describe it. You're <laughs> muted. You're muted. Your mic is muted. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Paul, if you're talking, we can't hear you. Paul, if you're, you're talking, muted. we can't. I'm going to try something. Hold on. What? We'll paste it in the chat. I, I can't. I can't hear you. You're muted. Your mic is muted. Paul. Your mic is muted. <laughs> so, so fucking stupid. <laughs> Paste it in the chat. <laughs> well, just message me then. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Well, I can't hear you. Aliens are just like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Benowitz was also a pilot and would make business trips flying himself from Albuquerque to Denver and is said to have taken photos out of his own plane on his way over the Archuleta Mesa that showed an alien spacecraft that had crashed near the alleged Dulce base. Um, it's documented right after that investigators found no crash vehicle, but did find evidence that indeed something had impacted the ground site. Benowitz had notes attached to photos in his handwriting claiming that figures, possibly alien beings, could be seen in the photos. So Benowitz fucking expands it quite a bit. He really uh, he really throws throws a lot of garnish onto this this uh, this topic. <laughs> yeah. The main point being, though, that there was now a theory being spread around of a layered secret base within Mesa near Dulce that involved UFOs, involved aliens, involved experimentation, involved abductions, etc. Et uh, so by the time 1990 rolled around, John Lear got involved. Uh, he is said to have gathered four independent confirmations that the seven-story structure was real. John Lear was a former pilot and government uh, worker 
as well as the son of the inventor of the Learjet. So people people listened to him when he talked. He His detailed claims went so far as to describe different species of aliens. Uh, Lear's allegations served the foundation for further claims about this base near Dulce. But, enter one, Bill Schneider. Phil Schneider brought Benowitz and Lear's claims out of the fringes because he made public speeches and bizarre stories about the alleged base, claiming to be a former government employee and explosives expert. (laughs) Hey, Phil Schneider, what are you doing? I'm pretending to be an explosive expert. Uh... I'm pretending to be a GS5 salaried (laughs) employee who also knows his way around dynamite. (laughs) Um, He might also be the fucking bus driver. Who knows? This guy's wild. (gasps) Schneider said he was involved in the construction of Dulce Base. Almost all of the available information about Dulce Base and its history comes from two people. Phil Schneider and his alleged colleague, Thomas Costello, who was a security guard who claimed to have direct contact with human and alien captives and had intimate knowledge of the horrific experiments that took place. Dulce. Oh my. Intimate knowledge? Intimate knowledge. Hmm. All detailed in what are referred to as the Dulce papers. Ooh. Which were stolen, allegedly stolen papers from the Dulce underground facility along with over 30 black and white photos and videotapes. The Dulce papers are scattered online. They're like 30 fucking chapters long. There's a lot. Oh. We're not going to cover everything. Yeah. But we're going to cover the bulk. Yeah. The whole enchilada. We might have to cover more one day. They're chock full of bizarre UFO and government conspiracy goodness. I mean, everything, everything under the sun. You got reptilians. You got Nazi alien connections. You got fucking government experimentations. You got fucking like X-Files style government FBI investigators showing up. You got so much wacky tobacco shit (laughs) going on at Dulce. Yeah. With Schneider and Costello, the base jumped from a secret place where aliens experimented to humans to a seven-level deep state-of-the-art facility two miles under the ground housing tens of thousands of human and alien prisoners. Not only that, but there are many horrific experiments being conducted. Reptilians were present and full-on a full-on firefight between escaped alien prisoners and U.S. Delta Force. More on that in a bit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Larry the Cable Guy's Delta Farce? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So let's hear a little bit more about what was allegedly going on at Dulce Base. Underground caves were occupied for centuries by the reptoids. These caves were taken over by the Rand Corporation for use by the New World Order to create biological weapons. There were fleets of alien ships stored at Los Alamos and here at Dulce. There were human-alien hybrid cloning experiments. Uh, There was a cranky reptoid leader... (laughs) Cranky reptoid leader named Karshafarst. <laughs> Karshafarst. 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 And a vast system of underground tunnels running under the entire country, Andy. Did you know this? Wow. Allegedly, like, there are underground tunnels. Like coast connecting- to coast? Yeah. Every fucking secret base has underground tunnels. Oh, sure. Okay. Castello says he used a small camera and took over 30 photos of areas within Dulce. He collected a plethora of secret documents. He removed security videotape of the base and claims he shut down the security system entirely, 
in order to make his escape with these documents called the Dulce Papers. Castello was ready to go into hiding, Andy, after he smuggled all these papers. Yeah, you have to. He knew what he had done. He knew the consequences. But when he got home to pick up his wife and young son, he found a van and government agents waiting. His wife and child had been kidnapped. He'd been betrayed by someone named Kay Lomas, who was a fellow worker. Uh, The agents wanted what Thomas had taken from the facility in order to get his wife and son back. When it became apparent that they would be used in biological experiments, they were not going to be returned unharmed. He decided to just leave without them. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. That escalated. (laughs) I know, dude. He's like, oh, it's a lost cause. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I know you're going to be used in alien experiments. I'm not going to try and stop that. He knew there was no way to get them back. These papers were too important, Andy. (laughs) These Dulce papers. Oh, my God. Thomas Costello alleges that there were over 18,000 short grays at the Dulce facility and that he saw reptilian humanoids. A colleague had come face-to-face with a six-foot-tall reptoid which had materialized, uh, apparently, in the in the co-worker's house. Just, like, appeared there. The reptoid... <laughs> yeah, I know. Showed an interest... Imagine if that happened to the bus driver. I know. In the bu- Oh, fuck! <laughs> He'd have floored his house. Floored his whole fucking house. The reptoid showed an interest in research maps of New Mexico and Colorado where that were hanging on this co-worker's wall. The maps were full of colored pushpins and markers to indicate sites of animal mutilations, caverns, Locations of high UFO activity, repeated flight paths, abduction sites, ancient ruins, and suspected alien underground bases. You know, normal stuff you would keep hanging up in your walls in your home. In your living room. All right. Nice conversation starter. Very much. Good good coffee table pieces. Yeah. So according to Castello, the, the alien androgenal breeder is capable of parthenogenesis. At Dulce, the common form of reproduction is by polyembryony which embryos can and does divide into six to nine individual cunei, or cuni. The need, they need nutrients for the developing cunei is supplied by the quote-unquote formula. My secret formula! Which consists of plasma, deoxyhemoglobin, albumin, lysozyme, cation, amniotic fluid, and more. The term genome is used to describe the totality of the chromosomes unique to a particular organism or cell as distinct from the genotype, which is the information contained within those chromosomes. The human genes are mapped to specific chromosomal locations. This is an ambiguous project that will take years and a lot of computer power to accomplish. Wow. You're getting uh you're all getting a high school biology lesson with this topic. I bet you didn't expect that. No, no. I just wanted to eat my embryonian cheese in peace. So there's a lot, I mean, he smuggled a lot of shit. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, experiments. It is when uh, Thomas Costello encountered humans in cages on level seven of the Dulce facility that things reached a climax for him. He climaxed. (laughs) Row after row of thousands of human, human mixture remains and embryos of humanoids were kept in cold storage. He says, quote, I frequently encountered cages, humans in cages, usually dazed or drugged. Sometimes they cried out or begged for help. We were told they were hopelessly insane and involved in high-risk drug tests to cure their insanity. We were told to never speak to them at all. At the beginning, we believed that story. But finally, in 1978, 
small group of workers discovered the truth. That began the Dulce Wars. End quote. Wow. More on that in a bit. It's like a little George Lucas. I know. Thomas also says that aliens didn't want the land, the gold, the minerals, or water that we possess, nor even the human or animal life. What they wanted is magnetic power that surges on and through the earth. The aliens harvest this magnetic power in a way that is unknown to us. Thomas says the aliens recognize this power as more valuable than any other commodity. Globe. Wow. So they're utilizing ley lines or some shit. Yeah. The energy grid. But the creme de la creme of the Schneider era Dulce base is the story of the firefights that he partook in and that we mentioned like two minutes ago. Mm -hmm. The Dulce Wars. Between him, gray aliens, U.S. Delta Force, Secret Service, two separate occasions, right? There's two separate firefights. Right. And this guy took part in them. Yeah, the Dulce Wars. He took part in them, of course. Schneider presented these in a story in 1995. Schneider, as he claimed, was one of the engineers tasked with building the Dulce base. So when the project kicked off, his team started drilling holes in the ground. When they first broke ground, they noticed an acrid smell like burning garbage that that emerged from the ground. Before he knew what hit him, Schneider turned around and came face to face with what he called a seven foot tall, stinky gray alien. (laughs) Fuck that gray alien. Stinky ass. Immediately, Schneider pulled out his pistol and shot two aliens point blank. Oh my God, what a badass. Because what else would you do besides escalate the fucking situation? (laughs) Hey, you don't approach me, you fucker, you're dead. (laughs) He's like the bus driver. He really is. (laughs) Yeah, he is the bus driver. Yeah, anytime you get approached by anybody that you don't know and right. don't know what they're going to do, just immediately murder them. This is one bus driver I'm not going to think. Uh, a third alien then took out his laser blaster and fucking <laughs> shot off parts of Schneider's fingers. As the alien what was about precision. To, I know. As the alien was about to line up a kill shot on the phalange flayed fella, Schneider, a Green Beret soldier dove in front of the blast, saving Schneider's life. Wow. Then chaos erupted into a full-blown battle. The Green Berets reacted instantly, bringing all the firepower they could bear on the aliens. And the aliens responded by shooting blue bolts of radiant power with movements of their hands. The kind of bolts that blew Schneider's fingers off were turning the special special forces, special forces soldiers inside out. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Eventually, the humans prevailed and sent the aliens retreating into the mountains. When all, were, when all the dead were accounted for, 60 humans lost their lives in the first Dulce War. How many greys? I don't know. Wow. We don't know. The second firefight was even more wild, baby. At this point, the base was built, and as we described, there were all sorts of horrible, fucked up shit happening at the base. Oh, Andy, it was horrible. Just horrible. The horrors, Andy. The horrors. Yeah, it sounds pretty fucking bad. Atrocities included missing persons, impregnation of female subjects, human cloning, medical culling of body parts, nightmare hall, a place of unfathomable grotesqueness filled with cages and vats that were populated with multi-legged creatures that looked half human, half octopus, and aisles of furry creatures that had hands like humans and cried like babies. Fishes, seals, birds, and mice were said to be viewed they could barely be considered those species. They they were just fucking amalgamations. Chimeras and cryptids galore. Oh, the horror, Andy. The horror. Yeah. The horror. This is really fucking horrific. 
people were like disgusted by this shit, right? Yeah. But it was only a small resistance group for the, within the U.S. military that started to form, including Thomas Costello. He was like, ugh, this is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe what I'm seeing in the horrors. They were fed up and disgusted with these horrors. The horrors. <laughs> so they brought, they thought the diabolical deal between these malevolent aliens and humans was so fucked up. Oh, they hated it. They said, ugh. ugh can't believe this. Disgusting. The resistance group eventually got linked up with the U.S. president. Which U.S. president? They don't say. Oh. I'm going to guess James Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wild guess. I well, don't that, know. Well, that motherfucker would do something like this. He was such a shitty president, wasn't yeah. he? I would guess that it was probably. It was my 1970s, your favorite, your favorite president, Richard M. Nixon. Richard M. Nixon. Which bit was I doing that in? Why do you... Uh, that was in our text thread. Why oh, do you that was in our text thread. <laughs> and then I brought it up on another episode here. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, Why do you always wear that Nixon Agnew badge, though? You get that Nixon Agnew pin on your shirt all the time. Honestly, Nixon Agnew could either be the... Uh, like a presidential running mates or the name of a reptoid. Cellmates. <laughs> Nixon Agnew. Nixon Agnew. Uh, anyway. Where's Nick? Nixon Agnew? The president was briefed on the secret base by his uh, principal foreign policy advisor. When the president heard about the horrors going on at Dulce, he immediately wanted to stop it immediately. The policy advisor, who was an alien sympathizer and supporter and liaison, never would have guessed that the president... Henry Kissinger. ...that the president of the United States could have any kind of human decency or heart. He was like, what the fuck? You're supposed to, like, be cool with this. We're all cool with this. So under top secret orders, the president gathered the resistance group and other select members of the United States Air Force Special Operations Command, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, and other cool guys to attack the base. Right. President led this personally? Yeah. Wow. The attack plan centered on crippling the main generator, then doing as much damage as possible while freeing as many of the victims as the situation would allow. Well-known Brigadier General was brought in to head the assault on Dulce Base. Fight teams were organized by a very accomplished former PhD NASA astronaut and acclaimed missions specialist. The Delta named Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Delta Force had their own fleet of helicopters painted in civilian colors with fake registration numbers that delivered combatants to secret locations on the Mesa or forced entry into the facility. Stealthy attack by motorcycle and ATV was involved. Air Force operators were in, were to turn hostile terrain into a fully functional airfield. On the ground sensors were known to exist that sets that set off like alarms if anything were come to come too close to the doors of the subterranean base. So holographic image projector systems were known to camouflage the alien entrances and entry ports that had to be disabled for maximum exposure to the foray of the ground war. Rushing in the smash the gates of hell involved Bell X-22 helicopters racing over the desert at speeds of over 250 miles per hour at the bottoms of its rotor tubes. So that they they kind of they get into another scuffle and they fight uh they fight and they, you know, try to release some of the uh the aliens. Sounds freaking badass. It does sound like ATVs. Badass. Yeah. Motorcycles, ATVs riding in. Fucking revving in. Yeah. Shooting up the place. Shooting up the place. 
Schneider also claims that Dulce isn't even the tip of the secret alien base iceberg. He claimed there were around 1,477 underground bases around the world, 129 of which were located in the United States, each costing $17 billion or more to build. It's a lot. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Let's talk about the various levels of the base. Call us Megan Trainer because we're all about that base. <laughs> Let's learn more about this horrible base and the seven overall layers to the base. At its central core is a big elevator shaft that goes up and down the seven levels. Mm. And then there's like areas on either side. Right. The Always. balls, if you will. Hallways, yes. The ball, hall, hallways. All the elevators are controlled magnetically. There are no elevator cables. The magnetic system is inside of the walls of the elevator shaft. And there are no normal electrical controls. Everything is controlled by advanced magnetics, including lighting. There are no regular light bulbs, and the tunnels are illuminated by phosphorus units with broad structureless emission bands. Some deep tunnels use a form of phosphorus pentoxide to temporarily illuminate areas. The aliens won't go near these areas for unknown reasons. Level 1, security and communications area and the garage for street maintenance. Level 2, Human and staff housing. This contains the garage for trains, shuttles, tunnel boring machines, disc maintenance. Level three, the executive suite and various labs. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Level four, mind control experiment area. Uh, wow. This includes human aura research as well as aspects of telepathy, hypnosis, and dreams. Thomas Costello says that they know how to separate the bioplasmic body from the physical body to place an alien entity life force matrix within the human body after removing the soul life force matrix of a human. Whoa. Pretty fucked up. They can take out your soul? Take out your soul, put in an alien soul. Shit. Fucked up. Fucked Level up. five, alien housing. That's where the fucking party's at. <laughs> yeah, dude. I you wouldn't go there. Dorms are fine, <laughs> yeah. dude. Level six. Nightmare Hall, <laughs> which we talked about earlier. It's fucked up. There's horrors there. Damn, Horror. dude. This is just like me at college. They got the dorms right next to fucking Nightmare Hall. <laughs> That's where your dorm rooms oh, were at, shit. Nightmare Hall. Yeah. It's covered in fucking ramen packets and Cheetos. <laughs> Honestly, your roommate from college might be in fucking Nightmare Hall. Yep. Level seven, cryogenic storage. And then there's also shuttles to Los Alamos and many other secret bases, which is very funny to me. Like, it's like some kind of fucking airport for Disney World. And those are on level... Shuttle. Those are on level seven? Yeah. But there's what, fucking shuttles. But didn't he say earlier that those were, like, super restricted in that area? But the shuttles are there? That's where they come in? So everybody goes through level seven? Shuttles. <laughs> like aliens and G-Man and lab scientists and shit all just sitting on the shuttle. It's like, next stop, Los Alamos. Yeah. Secret Air Force Base. Oh, shit. Next stop, Area 51. Oh, I got to go. I got to go down to level seven so I can catch the 520 yeah. shuttle to Los Alamos. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Glee Blurp. All right, Glee Blurp, you're holding up the line. We all want to get to right, Pat. <laughs> Glee Blurp, you'd never have your ticket. Levels five through seven are the most fucked up parts, and right. we'll expand more on them in a minute, which we already did expand on them, but we'll expand more on in a minute. Um, by the way, the entire base, 
All the navigation and signage is in an alien language and a universal symbol system that is understood by both humans and aliens. So there's no English. Mm. It's all an alien and symbol. But if I show up there, I don't know the symbol language. Or is it supposed Maybe. to be like one of those things where it's so obvious that everyone understands it? I like to imagine it's like, yeah, like an alien language. And then it's like the biohazard sign. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what that means. You might not know what it specifically means, but you know what it means. Right. You know. Um. Let's see. To enter level three or below, wait, you have to be weighed, weighed in the nude. They strip you naked and weigh you in the nude to go anywhere below level three. Mm. Okay. Then you're given a uniform. seem totally necessary. I well, wonder why. Visitors are given off-white uniforms, jumpsuits with a zipper. The weight of the person is put on a computer ID card each day. Any change in weight is noted. If over three pounds, a physical exam, an x-ray, is required. Oh, physical exam. Anal. <laughs> Full cavity search. They look at your butthole. They're, they're looking yeah. at your butthole. Scales are located in front of all sensitive areas and are built into the floor near doorways and the door control panels. An individual places his computer ID card into the door slot, then enters a numerical code onto the keypad. The person's weight and code must match the card or the door will not open. So they weigh you in the nude. So before you want to go into a room, you have to strip completely naked again. And then get dressed again. This place fucking sucks. It's going to take so much time to do anything. You're like, I got to go to the bathroom. It's like, I'll forget it. I'll just shit myself. I got to undress completely and then dress again just to get out of the room. What happens if you eat a big fucking lunch at the cafeteria on level five? Yeah. And they're like, hey, what the fuck? Your weight fluctuated four pounds. No, no, no. I just, they were serving. It was spaghetti. It was spaghetti at the fucking cafeteria. I was carbo loading. Any discrepancy will summon security immediately. No one is allowed to carry anything into sensitive areas. All supplies are put on a conveyor belt and x-rayed. The same method is used in leaving sensitive areas. Really makes you think, how did Thomas Costello smuggle the Dulce papers out? Yeah. I don't know. It does make you think that. It does make you think. He must have a huge asshole. (laughs) Thomas Costello has a humongous anal cavity. He has a gaping anus. People confuse him for an alien. His yeah. anus is gaping so large. Ugh, what's that pink sock on the floor? Oops. That's just Costello. Oops. Why is it all full of file folders? I don't know. I'm not touching that thing. It's fucking manila, manila envelopes coming out of that guy's asshole. What's up with that guy? Uh, he's probably one of those experiments from Nightmare Hall. Ugh. <laughs> Speaking of Nightmare Hall, listen to this. Oh, the horror, Andy. Level seven is called Nightmare Hall. Right. Holds the genetic labs where experiments are done on fish, seals, birds, and I thought and it was mice. Number, level six is Nightmare Hall. That's what I said. Level seven is the cryogenic storage. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's what I said. Oh. If I said anything different, fuck you. <laughs> there are multi-armed, multi-leg humans in several cages and vats of humanoid bat-like creatures as tall as seven feet. The aliens have taught the humans a lot about genetics. Mm-hmm. Things both useful and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. The greys and reptoid species are highly analytical and technologically oriented. They have an ancient, they've had ancient conflicts with the Nordic humans from other space societies. We've described this before. Right. And maybe staging here for a future conflict. Intensely, they're intensely into computing and bioengineering sciences. They are led to do reckless experiments that regard for what we consider to be ethical or empathetic conduct towards other living creatures. 
Um, anyway, that's that is the Dulce bass, and and you know, obviously, there's what a bass. Uh, it's it's not very based. No, not no. It's pretty fucked up. It's not based. There's a lot of horrors. Bass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Growing rumors. Needless to say, the stories about the horror, the horrors at Dulce have spread. Townspeople have taken notice. Travelers passing through the town will tell stories of overhearing Dulce locals openly discussing extraterrestrial abductions of townspeople for purposes of experimentation and that ETs are taking unwilling human guinea pigs from the general populace of Dulce and implanting devices in their heads and bodies. That the townspeople were frightened and angry, but didn't feel they had any recourse against since the ETs had the government's knowledge approval moreover there's belief that frozen agents quote-unquote are occupied in positions throughout the town those agents could be the gas attendant the bartender or the cook in the diner these agents are there to listen and report anything that violates security protocols so they'll know they got eyes and ears everywhere andy they'll know there's also tales of alleged first-hand accounts of mysterious black lincoln town cars with dark tinted windows of cia origins and vans marked McDonnell Douglas transversing the area's most sparsely populated rural backroads. Forbidden one-on-one conversations of a Dulce base with a local and an outsider with an inquiring mind have been known to be abruptly interrupted by a sudden phone call of a cease and desist nature. Or so it is said. All right. So as you may be able to guess, beefers, skeptics point out that there's no evidence of a hidden base whatsoever. There's no evidence of any of these alleged stories whatsoever. Secretly uh, based, secretly based in mountain hunk of a man, handsome Brian Dunning. <laughs> yeah, he's for sure secretly based. And he's not in my nightmare hall. He's in my dream hall. Handsome pilled for sure. Yeah, he's based in handsome pilled. Yeah. Uh, He says it best, quote, the problem with stories like Dulce Base is that it's difficult to sift through the mountains of gibberish written about it to find the nuggets of truth. Oh, too true. God, I love to sift for Brian's nuggets of truth. Wouldn't you? Oh, my (gasps) God. To sift through his nuggets. Oh, my God. I'd love to sit there and sift through nuggets with Brian. Yeah, I'd love to sniff his nuggets, too. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Wait, what? I said sniff. Oh, sniff. sniff. Yeah, sniff. Sniff his nuggets. He also Brian, let me sniff your nuggets. <laughs> Brian. <come> Brian. <laughs> let me sniff those nuggets, Brian. He also points out that the main thing that Dulce was going for is its connection to these stories similar to Area 51, right? <clears> That's <throat> right. kind of the fucking, the jumping off point. It's like, hey, it's, it's like Area 51. Right. UFOs, aliens, secret baits, all in the same genre. Thing is, Area 51 is nonfiction, baby. Area 51 is real. Are the stories connected to Area 51 real? Can't say for certain, but Dulce doesn't even have that. Right. So the suspension of disbelief is far greater. The people involved with the Dulce-based story also lead the skeptics to, uh, you know, point out some things. There's a griftery nature. The people involved with the Dulce base, stories like Schneider and Benowitz and Valdez, all had much to gain. How much spreading. money did you pay for the PowerPoint on this? There was topic? no PowerPoints. These were free. <laughs> I did not have to pay for the Dulce papers. 
Phil Schneider became a popular speaker on the UFO circuit in the mid-90s and made an enormous uh, number of incredibly wild allegations. Or erroneous. No, enormous. Well, they were erroneous. Enormously erroneous. They were enormously erroneous. Everything from, you know, trillion dollar U.S. black budget projects funded by drug money to massive one world government conspiracies to he would talk about the 11 distinct races of aliens that are all in conflict with each other, yada, yada, and so forth. He said his father was involved with the Philadelphia experiment. Lots of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So he has something to gain. He's on the circuit. Valdez was working for NIDS, so he has something to gain. Benowitz, you know, maybe he didn't have as much to gain, but he did make wild alien and conspiracy claims up until his death in 2003. And finally, no one has been able to find evidence that Thomas Costello even exists. There's no paper trail of him. And the one photo of him that's allegedly of him could be of anyone. (laughs) So he might not even exist. Yeah, sure. Darren. I know. I guess his legendary anus was just that. His legend. legendary anus was just that. Finally, skeptics point to the mental health of the men involved with these stories, namely Schneider and Benowitz. Now, obviously, this is a delicate line to walk, Beefers, but mm-hmm. Phil Schneider was dealing with a cancer diagnosis, which he claims was a result of being blasted with the alien laser gun in the 1979 shootout. Then, unfortunately, he took his own life in 1996, one year after the presentation of the various shootout stories. Believers will say he was silenced because he was a whistleblower. Mm -hmm. Skeptics say Schneider suffered from unchecked paranoia and delusions, as well as a serious physical illness. Likewise, Paul Benowitz also struggled with mental health issues. A fellow ufologist, William Moore, claims that uh, the government tried to push Benowitz who had been in a mental health facility on three separate occasions after suffering severe delusional paranoia into a mental breakdown by feeding him false information about aliens. 1988, his family checked him into a psychiatric facility, and Benowitz, however, died of natural causes at the age of 76 in 2003. And Bill Moore is supposedly uh, Richard Doty, right. the guy from the Mirage Men movie, right. is the guy who supposedly... Uh, recruited Bill Moore to help antagonize right. Paul Benowitz. Of course, that is if you believe Doty's story. Right. Um, political scientist Michael Barkin uh, claimed that underground missile installations built during the Cold War is maybe what led to uh, like numerous rumors about uh, secret underground alien cave bases, things like that, right? So you had like Oh, they're building all these secret bases, these secret bunkers, and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that just gets people's imaginations going. Right. The ideas of alien experimentation and battles, bark and surmises, may have also been a result of similar thought with hollow earth theories. Oh. Which is interesting. Yeah. If one is to believe there's a secret thing within a thing, well, the human mind can make up any horrific or insane thought that it wants. Right? Kind of like with hollow earth. It's like, well... What if there's a secret earth within the earth? Ooh. Well, then doesn't have to doesn't have to subscribe to the laws of nature. Yeah. You know? Well, Bung Funkers, that was Dulce based. Was it Dulce based? <laughs> With all the human experimentation, we think maybe not, but you decide. To be honest, beefers, when it comes to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, there's actually a lot of similarities to Dulce based. 
Bunker is in a secret location. Andy and I's personalities often feel like they're the result of some cruel experiment gone wrong. <laughs> and the area where we're kept in the bunker is referred to as Nightmare Hall. Right. The major difference, though, is the only thing with seven layers you'll encounter is the seven delicious layers of the whole enchilada. We also have huge anuses. <laughs> and we floor our buses. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Dulce de base. Dulce de base, bugfuckers. That was our research of uh, the Dulce Base Hotel and Casino. Um, <laughs> God damn, Andy. These are ones I like. These are yeah. ones I like. They tickle my fancy. They tickle my gooch. Right. They, they wet my whistle. Yeah. It's me tickle my gooch. Remember that bit? Yeah. You remember that bit? Those lost episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Or should I say the corrupted episodes? The corrupted episodes. <laughs> some would say all our episodes are corrupted. That's true. Yeah. What are some blanket thoughts, Andy, on this? This you is like a very. These kinds of topics? I do like these kinds of topics. This is a very God, dark fleet ish to oh, me. Oh, my God. These... And there's so much more. You know, the funny thing about, I think, these topics is that you start from a place of very, a very grand thing, which is like, here we have uh, what we've alleged just at the beginning is that there is a base that houses alien technology right, and potential experimentation on humans and aliens to create a hybrid. And somebody's like, that's not enough for me. <laughs> I need fucking gunfights. Laser guns, green berets, people riding in on fucking motorcycles, firing guns, ATVs with machine guns. I need helicopters flying through the door of the base. I need all this stuff. Like, so nobody's like, oh, it's not just enough for me <laughs> yeah. that there's flesh and blood extraterrestrials at this right. base. They need to be fighting with humans. And fucking vats full of fucking humans in cages and experimented chimeras and fucking like yeah. human hybrids. My favorite thing, my favorite favorite thing with these topics they're all like this is they're so vague in some points yeah. like well how, 
well, like how which, which president of the United States yeah, was it? And like, you know, oh, well, one of them, one of them. And then it's like, well, the, like the paper trail, like how did he smuggle stuff out? But they're so hyper specific about other things like, oh, well, you know, actually at the base, they did a form of hybrogenetic mutation genesis called embryogenetic mutagenesis, and it's comprised of the formula, which is amniotic fluid, protogenesis, Cheeto dust, Takis, Twinkies, Hostess cupcakes, Catalin, paella, <laughs> rice. It was it's freaking crazy. And then they describe a system for moving around the base that's totally impractical. I know. That Magnets. just self-defeating. Magnets. And then there's a uh, secret shuttle system, but the aliens won't go there because they don't like the phosphorus. Yeah. Why? I don't know. We don't know. Can't say. Uh, I get your phosphorus unit right here. Boo. Um, but it's the whole... You can come from anywhere, but nobody can go into it. It's super secret, but there's shuttles everywhere. <laughs> there's housing. All parts, tunnels. It's connected to all parts. Of all these fucking people they're abducting and experimenting on. So many thousands, tens of thousands of people have been inside this base yet. It's, Nobody knows anything about it. It's, it's, it's insane. It's the incredible. weighing thing gets me too. The what? The weighing thing. Oh my God. Yeah. They, this, this intricate fucking system for how they weigh you. It's just like you would be walking around and all you would see all day is just people stripping naked and then getting dressed again. Yeah. This would be like 85% of your time there. Every room you go into, you got to strip completely naked, weigh yourself, and then... I'd love to get to work on more of these animal-human hybrids, but I spend the bulk of my day stripping nude. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get much done. I can't get much done. <laughs> I'm spending too much time being naked. I think getting dressed again. I'm getting cavity searches left and right. Yeah. They think I'm smuggling. And then no- I'm constipated. No fucking like, well, how did Costello sneak everything out? Yeah. Can I see Costello? Can we talk to him? No. No, I'm sorry. No, his family was abducted. Yeah, they were all Well, abducted. what was his wife and kid's name? Oh, can't say. Well, who's Kay Lomas? Don't know. Employee. It's a secret. Secret base. But I do know all this information about how to make chimera and human hybrids. I know the formulae. Right. I know the secret formulae. <laughs> oh, you've got my wife and kids? No, nah, I don't want to save them. Fuck that. I've been looking for an out. I've been looking for an out. I gotta go drive a school bus. Ah, they're a lost cause. No, I think you could still get them back. I mean... No, no, that's the Castillo way. That's the Castillo way. Well, aren't you... You're smart enough to escape out of a secret seven-layer base with information. Don't you think you could sneak them out of whatever government I wish I could but I don't have time no sorry my days my days of sneaking out of bases are behind me I'm sorry I've got to go undress and weigh myself just, it just kind of seems like maybe you don't love your wife and child no, no I love them they're the number one thing to me but I wish I I wish I couldn't be a government whistleblower but I just have to be <laughs> wow, how are you working at the base day to day with a wife and kid who lived at? Weren't they fucking curious as to what you were doing? No, no, they no. keep to themselves. I, I just pe- play it off as, I, I, my work is very personal. <laughs> I just kept telling my wife <laughs> having an affair all day. Didn't she question your gaping anus ever? No, no, no. That no. was a selling point for her. She was into it. She loved me a lot. I was really cool. Yeah, I'm a badass. Too, a lot of, another thing I love too is like the they're always the stars of the show. Right, like Schneider wasn't just a fly on the wall. He's like the dude who did M- M- the Montauk Project, where it's like, no, no, Preston was involved in everything. Right, 
I was they experimented me. I had psychic powers. Yeah. It's like, why are you the star of the show? It's the same thing with the tall whites. Right. They always make themselves the star of the show. Right. Well, it was me. I didn't just observe. I wasn't the guy strip searching people. It's not just like I worked there and I saw these weird things. It's right. like, yeah, no, I was the only person that could talk to the tall whites. Yeah. Because I didn't upset them. I was involved in a firefight. I shot two aliens. I shot two aliens. <laughs> they shot me with a laser gun and that's why I have cancer. Yeah. Like they blasted off parts of my fingers, but I killed them. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Thomas Costello isn't just that. He also is the one who smuggled all the papers out. He smuggled a camera in, took photos. How big was this? Oh, it's a small camera. Really tiny, small camera. Teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny camera. camera. Well, how did they not see it? Uh, just that good. Yeah, Costello was the best. <laughs> best of the biz, baby. Me and Elvis. <laughs> um, Arguably, I'm more famous than him. The other Costello. Yeah, Elvis Costello? Yeah. Hey, I mean, I don't know what you think is so funny about peace, love, and understanding art. Peace, love, and understanding. Tell me what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. He's got a couple hits. Yeah. Don't mind an Elvis Costello hit. Yeah. Nor do I. But I do mind a seven-layer bass. Oh, my God. I do think that it's kind of sad. Seven-layer bass. You know, people like Paul Benowitz, who seem to be, like, tormented. Yeah, he really got the shit end of the stick here. Yeah, Paul Benowitz is a pretty sad story, honestly. Because he didn't he didn't end up killing himself, but it, it just feels like he brought his concerns to the government, and instead of just, like, telling him that, hey, you're, like, actually... You're actually picking up covert, like you have such sophisticated equipment that yeah. you're picking up our covert stuff that we don't intend for other people to hear. Like we need to, you please desist with this. They instead right. allegedly choose to feed him disinformation to prey on his own uh, mental illness. Paranoia. He's yeah. struggling with. Like it's pretty tragic. It's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. And he didn't live long enough to see them come out and like, Say, yeah, we got UAPs and we don't know what they are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Phil Schneider. Jeez, that's sad, too. Yeah, it's, it's fucking it's really fucking sad. sad. I mean, that... Uh, Almost as sad as Thomas Costello. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely was real. Definitely was real. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, this is one of those... This is one of those classic topics. Like... <laughs> I just... it's 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 hilarious to me. To think that, like, I get that Dulce is not a big, big city or whatever, but, like, this huge military operation happening, like, surely this <laughs> would make the news. never saw it. Nobody yeah. ever heard about it. Nobody ever heard any commotion when they were building it. Right. What, did they just all build it underground? Like, I guess. Yeah. They tunneled from Los Alamos, which <laughs> is a long way. Yeah. It's across, like, two different states. And, uh... Uh yeah, got here to uh New Mexico and then built it, but it's a fun one. It's a fun topic for sure. Um there's definitely a lot of uh you know this is this is sort of like Dark Fleet meets Dante's Inferno. Yeah. 
these seven seven levels of hell in this base. Costello's Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> There's seven layers to a fucking base. Yeah. Each one has a different meaning. And it's just like it's just like Dante's Inferno. It really is. It gets worse as you descend. Yeah. Each level worse than the last. What's your what level would you like to hang out on? Um they're kind of gilding the lily there with uh, Nightmare Hall. Yeah, that's the one where all the cool stuff is. The fucked up. The horrors, Andy. Yeah. That's where the horrors are at. Right. But that's the cool stuff. I guess so. It's like if you go... I want to go to alien housing. Yeah. <laughs> level five. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Let's go to level five and party. Go with the fucking aliens, We're go. to party. Yeah. What's up, dudes? I guess that's true. Maybe I'll change my mind. Yeah. And not go to Nightmare Hall. You want to see all those fucking fucked up chimeras and shit? I kind of do. Vats of human remains? Why do you want to see that? That's gross. I don't need that, but who knows what kind Cow of- Cow goo? I want to see the fucked up monkey cougar falcon bird. Earth baby turtle. Baby. <laughs> monkey seal bird hybrid frog baby human. Bingo! <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, alien housing would be the place to party for sure. Yeah. It's really big. You think they eat ramen in outer space? Or do we have the market cornered on ramen? I think we have the market cornered on ramen. Hell yeah. That's fucking tight. It's fucking tight. Fucking tight, dude. Uh, I don't want to fucking go to, uh, to this outer space. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go to the Tulsa base. This base, this base fucking sucks. Well, yeah, and you might get shot. Yeah. <laughs> Cancer. Strip search? I have to get strip search and shot? I kind of like the idea of a strip search. I mean, that's one way to to really make sure that you never get a corporate breach. Ooh, I think I got something. I think I did smuggle something. Actually, check again. I better keep checking. I don't think my ID and my weight match. Oh, I don't know, Tony. I think I smuggled something. What if you also were working out a lot and you like were losing weight? Bad. I suppose weight loss is fine, right? Yeah, everyone knows your weight, too. That's fucked up. Yeah. It's Personal on your badge. information. Yeah. I mean, not for me. I wear my driver's license on my, literally on my sleeve. I had a coat made with my driver's license on it. That's true. Your weight is on your driver's license. I never realized that. But you can lie about it there. Yeah, that's true. My driver's license say I weigh 119. <laughs> And I'm six foot eight. <laughs> and you have goat eyes. Yeah. Hair color, bright red. I look like a goddamn Viking. Um, Man, what else to discuss with this one, Andy? I don't know. Anything else tickling your fancy here? Um, I guess the origins of this are pretty innocuous, right? What do you mean? Like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, some people saw some things. But the cattle mutilation is weird, though. Yeah, cattle mutilation is weird. I didn't realize that it got so bad. Yeah. That they had to call in like a government fucking like, you know. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. But I don't know. I'm. I'm the, we should just cover cattle mutilation on a separate topic. Yeah, we probably should because 
I don't know what to make of cattle mutilation. I'll be it's honest. It's a linchpin. I kind of I kind of understand all the arguments though about it being like natural predation and all this. Because you know, the one thing that nobody ever says is like this perfectly healthy cattle specimen dropped dead and had all of its organs removed. Like that one day it was happy and free and just got checked out by the veterinarian and was totally fine and healthy. Yeah. And then the next day it's dead with its genitals missing. Like, I don't know. I felt that way about Skinwalker Ranch because it's like, what was the health of the cattle? Right. Were they healthy cattle or did they were they sick? Like, Well, when we covered that Skinwalker Ranch again and we learned a little bit more about the the area and how toxic it is there. Yeah. I think it kind of tells you what, everything you they need to know. Probably were sick cattle. About these cattle. Yeah. Who knows? This could be a similar situation. Yeah. I mean, New Mexico and Colorado are right there. So it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Actually, I looked on the map. Dulce is Utah. Uh, Dulce is close to uh, the Southern Ute Reservation. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, we also discovered, you know, that there's a lot of uh, carcinogens in the air. Right. The bracken. Yeah. And, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe that could have caused certain things. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, hair on this. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the beginnings of the base of, like, oh, why it's here and all this stuff. It's like, oh, well. Do you bus- think there's anything? Do I think there's anything there? Any kind of secret base or it's military possible. operation? Because people are seeing a lot of UFOs. They're seeing Black Hop helicopters. Yeah, I would, I would say, though, that this is like routine military, like covert stuff, yeah. not just like not extra, not evidence of extraterrestrial. Like, because that's what happened. That's what I took away from the Men in Black episode with Paul Benowitz is that he actually just found legit government military activity that was somewhat secret. And so to throw him off the trail of this, they, you know, fed him disinformation and broke into his house and replaced his computer and stuff like, like seriously fucked with him when they could have just said like, stop doing this (laughs) and we're going to keep monitoring you. Uh, So there's probably something real there. But it's probably just routine government bullshit, you know? I don't think that it's, I don't know that it's extraterrestrial. Do you think there's something there? There could be something out there. I mean, I don't actually know how close certain Air Force bases are. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously Area 51 and Los Alamos and stuff are kind of far away. Yeah. Uh, But... I think there could be something in there, like where the military uses that area. Because it's, I mean, don't say it's such a small town. It's like, you know, it's not like they're flying. It's not like the Phoenix Lights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Kirtland, outside of, uh, it's outside of uh, Santa Fe, like that far away from where Dulce is. But it's not, like, really, really close. Right. Uh, And then Los Alamos is kind of, like, in between them, closer to Kirtland. Yeah, I think there could be something there. But I don't know if it's to the level that seven-layer base. and Yeah. Well, I feel like, too, there's probably lots of places out west that, like, during World War II, Mm -hmm. the government probably just built shit in. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it was less... 
there was less population then than there is now. So these places were more remote than they are today, and there's less people looking around. So there could be just all this old stuff hanging around, and it's making people suspicious. I think it was probably. And a you good have a very by. large Native American reservation there, right? So most people aren't allowed on that reservation. You can get in a lot of trouble if you're on a reservation without clearance. It's technically, a sovereign nation. Yeah, you know, you can, you know, if you're yeah. not there for a specific purpose of some sort or okayed in a certain way, like. And get in trouble. The Hikaria Apache Nation Reservation. Right. So it would make sense to put, to fly secret government planes around there because you're not going right. to have people reporting it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I think there could be at least a little something out there. Yeah, I think a so too. A little smooch. A little smooch something. You go in the desert, you get a little smooch. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Andy, if there's anything else you want to bring up, we can, otherwise we can get to verdicts. Yeah, let's get to verdicts. Okay. I'll kick things off. Kick it off. Kind Seven of, layer verdict. Kind of deba- debating on my verdict here. I'm going to be in the red. I'm going to be real honest with everybody. Up front, I'm just like your red. hair. I'm in the red, just like my red hair. Uh, and this verdict is going to be 6'8", just like me. Um... Six eight, 119 pounds would be so malnourished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be real thin. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I guess I'm going to go. I think that I'm going to go. All right. I got to explain myself. I'm going to go plausible molecule. Okay. But I'm going that way and not case closed. I don't. I think that a lot of this is just fan fiction. Like a lot of these stories that this is. Just fun fan fiction of big firefights and all this stuff and weird fucked up shit. Um, and many people undressing and dressing again to be weighed. Um, but there is a possibility that there's something out there, just more of a mundane thing. So I'm giving plausible molecule yeah. because I think that there people could be seeing things. People could be seeing real things. But I just think that it's actual just government military shit, not uh, extraterrestrials and, and experimentation and all that. Right. So that's my verdict. Plausible molecule. Plausible molecule. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with your verdict, but I'm going to do it in a different way because I want to be different. Uh, I'm going to go case closed. On, He's not like the other co-host. I'm not like the other co-host. I'm going to go case closed, but I agree. I agree with the same sentiment that you're putting out there that like, yeah, I do probably think there's something out there, but I don't think that it's at the seven layer level. Right. I don't even think it's a secret. It's probably just like a, I don't know. Right, maybe it is a secret. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But they're probably just flying shit around out there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I am going to go case confirmed that that bus driver is ultimately the most based character <laughs> I think we've ever. He's based in bus pilled. Right. He's absolutely based. That in guy, bus-pilled. I believe, is real. And he did that. And that is fucked up and crazy. That some kids yelled, it's a flying saucer. And he went, oh, fuck. And floored it. <laughs> So case confirmed on that. Thanks, yeah. I believe that story. There's no question. That. That's that's in the bank. That's case confirmed for sure. <laughs> that guy's amazing. Yeah. My favorite bus driver of all time. Um, Bugfuckers, that was our verdict of Dulce Base. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Use the hashtags. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just saw about that bus driver. Yeah, bus driver's inferno. There's a long hashtag for you, Beefers. 
Hashtag bus drivers inferno. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag bus driver infernos. Email us mrbuckerpod at gmail.com. Find us Twitter and Instagram at mrbuckerpod. YouTube channel, Mr. Booker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. If you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so, consider donating to us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod for five bucks a month. You get access to the Bunker Discord. You can chat with Andy and I and other bunkfuckers in the Discord about lots of different topics. You could get the Bunker Gaming live streams happening monthly. Uh, you get an extra episode of the Patreon-only show every single month. There's old newsletters you can go read. We don't do those anymore, but you can go read them. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. So, Andy. Art. Anything else you want to say before we fucking get strip searched and leave the seven layer bunker? <laughs> we might have to start. I think we should start employing that as a rule when you come into the bunker and come out. I think so, too. I'm tired of going home and finding stuff in my asshole. That I didn't know was in there. I think Mr. Bunker is getting tired of us smuggling things out of the bunker when we yeah. leave. Yeah. I've stolen so many boxes of pins. <laughs> Loose paper clips. But hey, these things are shitty anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, for any of you uh, fanfic writers out there, keep this stuff coming. Yep. We love hearing your tales. Keep it up. Keep it up. And if you want to hear more Dulce-based stories, just let us know because there's plenty more to dig into. But... Until that time, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my gallantly co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone, saying that was the whole enchilada. Ooh, yummy. I love the whole enchilada. It tastes so good. in Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.